Welcome to the Focus Forward Business Podcast for SturdyMcKee.com. Hi, welcome. I am so glad to have Jessica McMurdy here with us on the Focus Forward Business Podcast. I'm Sturdy McKee, business coach and advisor and your host for the podcast. Thank you very much for being here, Jessica. Um, And thanks everybody for listening. First off, Jessica is the founder and CEO of uh, Stepping Stones Therapy Network up in, uh, well, around Seattle, Bellevue. Washington, and as a former client, that's just disclosure on that. But here, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. Well, first of all, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I know I've known you for a while and you've seen the ups and downs and the (laughs) success and, you know, the struggles as, you know, I've had throughout my my business and I'm really excited to be here today. Um, So my name is Jessica McMurdy and I'm the owner of Stepping Stones Therapy Network and we are a private practice and we specialize in pediatric occupational therapy. And I started this practice in 2006, initially a mobile office doing home visits and driving 100 miles a day. And then that was, you know, over a decade ago. And so now we have two clinic locations and we also have contracts with private schools. So we see kids in office Mm -hmm. for our outpatient clinic. And then we also see kids on campus at school. So we're sort of a hybrid of a really great OT combination of school-based as well as clinic-based. And then I also started a new venture for an online business, and it's called Play It Forward Therapy. And this is originally my passion project to be a sister website to Stepping Stones. And so I started it as a blog, and I, I love OT. I love therapy, and I just get really excited about all the different ideas that my team and I come up with. And so I started posting these ideas, and I really believe in family and caregiver training and follow-through. So I thought this would be a really great all-in-one place for families to get ideas and for other therapists to get inspired. And so that's why I created Play It Forward Therapy. Um, But now it has evolved into a course platform where I provide uh, continuing education for pediatric occupational therapists. Mm -hmm. No, I think that was really cool. I love the the telehealth training that you've labeled T-School. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it's cool. called T-School, so telehealth training for pediatric therapists. Yeah, that's awesome, awesome. Um, so how did you get started in business? So I got started, basically, I was, I'd been in OT for about six years, and I had worked in a lot of different places, so birth to three, the school district, I worked at Seattle Children's Hospital on the rehab unit, And after, you know, several years of experience, I thought, you know, I I feel like I want to try something, try something new and venture out on my own. And I'm a very creative thinker. I think part of that is being an OT, but I'm also pretty independent. And I think one of the reasons that I I wanted to venture on my own is because I, I didn't really want to be constrained by anything. I didn't, I wanted to work on what my clients wanted to work on. And I really wanted to meet families where they're at and not have so many hoops to jump through. So that's why I started my private practice and I started it really small. So I was working as a contractor in the schools and then I started seeing clients privately and doing my home visits. And just to kind of try it out, but also have something Mm -hmm. to fall back on just in case it didn't work. And it turns out I really loved having my own practice. And I started small and it 
you know, gradually grew at the right pace. How, uh, how long before you started hiring people? See, I started hiring actually pretty quickly. So probably about a year, a year in. At first I started with independent contractors and I had two office, two room office. It was pretty small and it was just me and my first contractor that I'd hired. But then I realized, and after really talking to, um, you know, my advisors that there's a little bit of a gray area and I felt like in order to have more control and more, um, I guess, to make sure that my vision was shared with the people on my team, that it would also be better to, to have an employee status. So then after that, ever since 2007 to now, I've hired employees. Okay, cool. Do you wish you had done it at all differently in the beginning? Mm, which part? <laughs> 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 big stuff or are you pretty happy with that progression and how you how you started out i think hindsight is i think hindsight is 2020 <laughs> it always is i you know looking back i think i am i am happy that i started out small because ultimately the reason why i did that was not to create a, a massive business or a, a giant clinic like i vowed to myself i would never I would never want to create like a therapy factory, you know, cause I have worked in places like that where I just felt like I was a number or I felt like, you know, the clients or patients were treated as a number. And so my vision was never to become a huge um, corporation. And really I wanted to enjoy the flexibility and the freedom of having my own practice. So I think, you know, looking back, I did scale it about right. And oh I really kind of went at my own pace. And I think part of that was just keeping my, my vision in alignment. Like, why am I doing this? Um, and what is really important to me? Is it more time at work or more time with my family? And the really nice thing I think about therapy for PT, OT, and speech is we have that flexibility within our industry and it very much allows for, to have that balance, you know, to have, have that ability to, to create your own way and, and, and make things work for your personal goals and then professional goals too. Well, um, so I asked this to everybody because this seems to be one of the, this seems to be one of the challenges a lot of business owners run into, especially earlier on, but it kind of can cycle back, but what advice would you give to business owners who might be struggling with not having enough time? That's a good question. (laughs) That is a good question. I definitely have been on that side where just, if it's too bad, I have to sleep. You know, there are definitely days when I'm like, man, why do we have to sleep? You know, I could be up doing this all night. But, you know, obviously that's not healthy. Um, and OT, we're supposed to be the self-care gurus of, you know, taking care of our ourselves. But I didn't always follow my, um, my own advice. I think there's a couple strategies. I think one of the first strategies for me was... I really wanted to get to know all the different aspects of how the business worked. So part of that, before I was ready to give that up, I felt like I had to have a solid understanding of what went into say like the metrics to keep track of, or, you know, important HR things to be aware of, or how can I find the best employees? Like I didn't, I wasn't comfortable to release that to somebody else right away. So I felt like I had to, cultivate enough of my own knowledge. And so the next strategy for me was once I felt comfortable with, yes, I know what needs to go into this, then I can outsource it. So then I can hire 
somebody to help me with that. And that was when I started, you know, adding more of the administrative side of the house. So an office manager, front desk person, you know, director of operations. And so being able to have an understanding of what goes into that and being able to supervise is really important before I outsourced it. Uh, the second strategy I have found is really using technology. I have heard from some therapists they're still using paper and document. Yeah, to document yeah. or you know even calendars. And <laughs> I think ultimately, you know, now technology is your friend. And yeah. my advice would be just to not be afraid of it. I don't know like how techy you know, a lot of therapists are in general, but if we were really into tech, we would have gone into tech, right? So I think a sure. lot of therapists are somewhat intimidated by it. And I know when I first started working with Sturdy, I, I think I told you that I was afraid of spreadsheets. You know, I just sort of <laughs> had this like, ah, I, I don't like spreadsheets. There are too many numbers. It's just, how do you build them? How do you navigate them? And, but just to be able to get over that mindset of no technology is your friend, just find a couple of sources that help like Asana. I use Asana for project planning and my EMR system, it has a really organized way to assign people tasks and to follow up with them. And so once I was able to get over that mental block of, oh, technology is, you know, is a little intimidating it's helped so much. I mean, it's made me so much more efficient and, and better able to manage my time. And then the third strategy I have found is to really block out time. So I have certain time set on my schedule where I only do certain things. And my team knows, you know, I have a sign on the door. My team knows that when I have things blocked out, then I am, I'm focused on something else. However, I also have time blocked out for them. So I, I make sure that, you know, if they do have questions that they will have a chance to meet with me. And so I meet with everybody on my team once a week, sometimes even twice a week, especially the new employees. So that way, if they do have questions, it's not um, something where they feel like I'm interrupting or I'm interrupting them, but we have a designated time to, to talk about it. And I feel like that's been a really efficient way for for both of us, you know, for the other person and for me too. Cool. That is so important that they get your undivided attention and it eliminates so many interruptions and stuff. Yeah. That, you know, I'm a big advocate of that. Um, and when you mentioned the spreadsheet thing, this is just a little tip for anybody watching or listening. Um, if you want to scare a therapist, okay, you can do one of two things, either pull up a spreadsheet and start talking to them about it. They will run away as quickly as possible or start talking about sales and that's the other one. <laughs> you hear tires screeching, right? Um, so if you do want to talk about any of those things with your employees or staff or, or what have you, you have to figure out a way to kind of approach it. Um, but yeah, those are things I've certainly seen. Um, but I mean, you got over that pretty, pretty well at this stage of the game. Well, it's, it's interesting because I actually wrote the chapter on marketing. So for the, the OT manager, the sixth edition that came out, I wrote the chapter on marketing and I did find that, that yeah. that term marketing and sales, it's, it's really something we're already doing and, mm -hmm. and how we convey the distinct value of occupational therapy or conveying the distinct value of, of PT. Whatever. And so yeah. 
once I've been able to reframe that of, you know, you know that you're good at something and you know you can help that person and that person is coming to you with a need and you know you can help them, well, then you're definitely going to share that with them. And so I try to just distill it down to, to that simple conversation that people are already doing to make it less intimidating. Well, and that's a great point too, because if you weren't already doing marketing and sales, you wouldn't be in business. There would be no customers. There'd be nobody coming to see you, right? So you're, you're, we're already doing it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, getting a little handle of it around it is good. I love that. Um, so I once heard somebody say that business is a problem. The only problem or the only question really is what problem will you be having today? Um, <laughs> so what challenges are you currently facing in your business and how are you working to overcome those now? Yes. What challenges? I, you know, I think I agree with that statement in, in some ways. Do you agree with that statement? Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, it, to me, it's just a matter of, I mean, there's going to be an issue. There are going to be problems and challenges today. How big are they going to be? What's it going to be? If you think everything's going smoothly, just wait 30 minutes, right? <laughs> something, <laughs> something will come up. Exactly. Um, Keep the fire extinguisher <laughs> next to your desk. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be little stuff, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I also think it's really important for, I mean, you, we've talked about this in the past. So many business owners are kind of experiencing challenges and facing, you know, obstacles and feel like they're on their own. And, you know, what I get to see behind the scenes with so many people is we're all experiencing many of the same things. We're just not sharing necessarily, you know, we want to share the positive, put the best foot forward and, you know, not dwell on the negative and that type of thing. But I think it's important for people to realize that no matter how many years, how long you've done these things, we still, we're still all dealing with stuff on a, on a pretty regular basis. And sometimes it's good. You know, my challenge is where I want to, you know, the goals I want to get to next or something. I, I think you're right that it can feel somewhat lonely or even isolating, even if you are surrounded by people just based on your role. Um, and I think that's why it's awesome that you have this group and you have the podcast and that you're really trying to bring people together with your Focus Forward network Thanks. to bring people to talk about just issues that, you know, business is business. You know, people are people and it doesn't necessarily matter what industry you're in or what type of therapy, but there's definitely, I think, a really amazing and true sense of camaraderie like oh I found my people I found my tribe you know even if they're even if they're in a, a different um, discipline or field altogether so I think it's really cool that that you are orchestrating that for people because you know iron sharpens iron and I think that's a, a really good way to level up is just to be able to to be in the company of people that are smarter and more talented and um, you know can really share their expertise as well. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. I've found value in, I mean, we we're in such a state anymore today where we can't possibly know everything. There's too much stuff, you know, so other people have different experiences and are reading and learning different things and being able to share and learn from each other, especially a little bit filtered, you know, what the priorities are. That's, I couldn't agree more. It's huge. Um, so here, instead of going down that kind of negative challenge road, let's go to the positive side. Um, what's your proudest moment in business? Well, actually, I, th I think it is somewhat tied to one of the biggest challenges that I have experienced. Mm -hmm. So sort of going back to that first question, I think 
in this current state of the pandemic, so the COVID-19 crisis, that has definitely been my greatest challenge as it has been for, you know, everyone all over the world. But I think for me, being a small business owner and owner of a private practice, there was definitely that huge, it was beyond just biggest obstacle or challenge. It was just like that deep sense of panic, you know, just that deep (laughs) sense of normally I can kind of pull things together and control circumstances and I can do something, but this is unprecedented, you know, and we don't know what's going to happen. And so, yes, my biggest challenge has definitely been this past year during the pandemic. And the big obvious question is I am a manual therapist. You know, we see kids in person, we have our equipment, we have our gyms. I have 10 employees, you know, and all of a sudden I had to shut down overnight, you know, so March 17th, and then March 18th. And so the the silver kind of lining of that is I've always been kind of a planner and I've always been sort of interested in what's up and coming and what's new in the industry. So I had started looking into telehealth in 2016. And one of my long-term goals, you know, we talk about planning goals and setting goals in business was to start a telehealth program. So when it snowed, whenever it snowed, like Seattle completely shuts down because we don't know how to drive (laughs) and no one can get anywhere. Right. But I was like, you know what, after one snowstorm, I think it was 2017, I was like, you know what, I am not going to have this happen again. My therapists want to see people, the kids want to come in. What can we do about this? And so then I started developing a telehealth program. And so we would use it for inclement weather, basically. So then when the pandemic hit, we were able to convert like 85%, except for the evaluations, um, to telehealth within a day. So 24 hours, we just flip the switch, we turn on, we turn on the telehealth program. And I had already had um, training and scripts and everything for my therapist Mm -hmm. that I'd been dabbling in. So I think that was definitely one of my worst and also my best moments in terms of being able to continue to provide services and being able to pivot Um, because it really kind of came this thought in my mind, like either I'm going to perish, like I can't continue the way things are, or I'm going to pivot this practice. Right. And so I was able to pivot it and we were progressing and, you know, to the point where I thought I'm seeing other people are really struggling with this and how can I help? How can I use what I've created? And so that's, why I developed T-School, because T-School originally was a training program for my team. Internal, yeah. How to do yeah, teletherapy. Yeah. So I think that's my, that's my answer there. And um, I'm no, continuing great. just to, to love it. I actually found that what I was not so sure about, I, I love telehealth. It's been really wonderful for our practice. Very cool. Um, well, I know you were, you were queued up you know, to make that change, but that ability to adapt, I think is brilliant. And, uh, you know, kudos to you too, for being able to hang on to 85% of your clients and revenue that that's, that's enormous. And that's much better than virtually anybody else I've talked to, especially in those first couple of weeks, that was, you know, it rocked all of our worlds. So tell me this, what's the biggest thing that you've learned fairly recently that you wish you would learn like 10 or more years ago? I think, I think the biggest thing I've learned is probably to pace yourself. 
<laughs> um, I kind of think of it as like a track event, you know, you have the sprints and the marathons and, but thinking of things more as a marathon and that not everything has to get done immediately and not to become overwhelmed with everything. So to be able to step, take a step back and to be able to prioritize what's what's really important, you know, am I working in the business or is this a bigger issue where I need to work on the business, like change my systems or my processes? And at first I think I would, you know, feel overwhelmed with just everything coming at me, but now I'm at the point where I can mentally prioritize what is really important. And I think in order to do that, the other thing that I've learned is to take, to take breaks and to really, allow yourself to have some quiet like it's 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 okay to just enjoy the simple pleasures of life whether it's you know reading your favorite journal article or your favorite business book or not you know netflix for a half an hour having a cup of coffee or you know walking the dog building in breaks or even um creating like a little getaway like once a month i would plan just two days or even a day just to be myself um, and, and to go away locally. And even though I was taking some time off, I found that when I came back, I was able, able to be better at work. Like I, because I'd had that break to just kind of refresh and rejuvenate to sleep, I was able to be more productive and more helpful and probably more pleasant, you know, at home <laughs> to, to take that break. So, There's you know, it's too. okay to get off the hamster wheel. I know like business owners and private practice owners, you know, like, Hey, I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel. Well, you know what? Just get off sometimes because it's really for your own health. You'll be able to sustain yourself much better. That's a great point. I think we sometimes end up glorifying the busyness and the chaos and all that stuff. And, yeah, taking a breath, taking time away is huge. Uh, thank you for that. Um, so what's one of your favorite business books or a book you're reading currently and what's important about it? So I brought it. I actually have it <laughs> in my bookshelf in my office. I'm going to show it to you. Oh, so really? Like you're reading John's book. Cool. John Spence. Awesomely yeah. simple. Have That's you a read great it? book. Oh yeah, that's a great. I'm sure, book. you've read everything. <laughs> no, no, no. But that is that is one of the early ones I read that really kind of got me on the the train of you know that you, there are there's so much more in business that you can learn and there's so much that you can do, and um, you know for good for how use the tools however you want to just like the tech stuff it's just a tool, um, but yeah I, I think John's book is great and it and it really is for those looking awesomely simple it is. It simplifies and cleans up things so much. Yeah, that, that's a great one. What do you What do you like about it? Well, I think exactly what you said. I mean, it's distilling it down and it's making it really clear. So mm -hmm. when I kind of talked about priorities, it's being able to take those priorities or those business problems or problems and kind of categorize them into buckets. And that's mm -hmm. why I like this book because it really does boil down to a couple of these issues. Um, so the six issues that I, I found that he talks about in his book are like vision. So having a really clear vision for your practice, like short term and long term. And I think for as obvious as it seems, it's really helpful to write it down. And it's really interesting to see that vision as it evolves. 
over time. Um, and that was one thing that I think when you and I worked together was, you know, really creating that vision, you know, what are, what is your vision? What's, and how do you get there short and long term? Mm -hmm. And then the other aspect I really liked about it was just having the best people on your team Mm -hmm. and not tolerating mediocrity Um, and really knowing how to support your team to bring out the best in them, but also taking a hard look and seeing if your team and everyone around you really matches your vision and the values that you have yeah. for your business. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that aspect of the book. And then I, th- I think he talks about having a really extreme customer focus, but I think in our case, a really extreme like client or patient focus because mm-hmm. we're in the service industry and we're in the helping profession. And I truly believe that you know, it's, it's really relationship-based. I mean, there's a lot of different practices you could go to, but one of the things that, you know, we pride ourselves in is that relationship between the therapist and the family and trying to keep things consistent and, and really giving them like top level service, just excellent, you know, making them feel that they're really valued and um, a really important part of the therapeutic relationship. So, you know, even though it's a general business book, I think, it could be adapted to, to any field. And I, I love it because there's parts in it where he asks really pointed questions and some of the questions, you know, you have to be honest with yourself. I mean, yeah, you could just (laughs) give yourself an A and go check, check, check. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. But you can't do that, you know, because then you won't grow. So I think for me, it was probably one of those books that you would take away on a little retreat or Mm -hmm. a coffee break and really sit down and think about, working on the business and truly assessing where you're at. And sometimes the problems are right there. No, that's a great point. And you could, if you're stuck or wondering what to do next, you could work through that a chapter like once a month or something with your leadership team and go through Cause he gives you exercises, challenge questions, all this other stuff that's it's, it is, um, I forget what they all are, but this is one of the things I use in the book. So for business owners, for guys listening that, because I get this question about compensation and bonuses all the time, right? How do I do this and motivate people? I always go back to John's book because he's got nine things that you need to do in your business. Number nine is the compensation and bonus stuff. And his point is that until you've done all eight of the other ones, it doesn't matter what you do there. And I just love that point because, yeah, it, it could be important, but it's building upon this other foundation. It's not a standalone, you know, it, it, at best it's a, it ends up being a Band-Aid. It never seems to work out if you haven't built the other foundational components. So I guess as you guys, anybody listening will know or watching that um, this is your next book. <laughs> you should get it. <laughs> we both, there are a lot of, lot of great take-homes from it. Um, no, that's a great one. Thank you. And if you don't know the answers, that's, I think, where you need to seek counsel. And I think that's sure. where, you know, Sturdy, you and I, we worked on some things. And sometimes when, you know, you're in the moment of your practice, it is hard to have that clarity. And so being able to talk to a, a mentor or somebody, they can have some distance from the business and the practice, and they can see things that uh, maybe you can't see. And I, I felt like, our ability to to talk not on just general levels, but really drill down into 
the challenges for my particular practice, even though it was sometimes like ripping a bandaid off, you know, ultimately it healed better, you know, it healed better and stronger. And I think if, you know, we didn't do that work that we did, then I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, I wouldn't really be able to, to say I could pivot and, and keep on developing and progressing. So that was definitely something I've appreciated. Well, thanks. That's very nice of you and very kind of you, but um, you deserve a ton of credit though for being the sponge and just your resolve and, and everything you've put into this. Um, you know, we talk about our patients sometimes in partnerships and all, but you, you were kind of a, a great person to work with in that you took things on, you were honest and really challenged yourself and then ran with it. So um, kudos again, it just, it's been awesome. Um, so what other business owners or CEOs would you like to kind of acknowledge as a leader or, you know, and who should be on the podcast? Well, this is a little bit um, kind of geared towards what I'm going into now. I think somebody who's in like the tech, the tech sector and anybody in particular that you're in telehealth. Um, There are a couple of actually PTs, I think Mm -hmm. that own digital businesses. And I think for all the pediatric PTs out there, I would like to learn more about, um, have you heard of Pink Oatmeal? It's pediatric, but Mm, so Pink Oatmeal. So they provide interactive digital telehealth activities and she's a physical therapist. And there's another great company by a PT and an OT. They're called the Inspired Treehouse. And they also are you know, telehealth, but also clinic-based as well. But they have been able to, to pivot through an online way. And their, their resources are more like, these are hands-on things that you can do during your treatment sessions with kids. Um, and so I think they're the two resources I think are great to, to support therapists who are making that switch from in-person to telehealth. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll track down there their CEOs and all. Thank you. That's awesome. So any other thoughts that you want to leave our audience with? Anything we missed? I think just to be, just to be patient with yourself and I think to show yourself grace and that there are no mistakes, just lessons learned. So if you screw up or, you know, something goes bad, you just add the phrase, nevertheless, you know, nevertheless, I learned this or nevertheless, this is what worked out. And I think that's one way that you can continue to look forward and just continue to have a a positive outlook is by seeing, you know, the glass half full, but also knowing that you're in it for the long haul. I mean, it's really a marathon and to not expect things overnight and that if you're patient, if you're patient and if you're persistent and if you're willing to be, um, you know, transparent with yourself, I think you really can achieve great things, you know, and if you have that passion, we need entrepreneurs, we need business owners, we need therapists out there because we, I think we are the healers of the world. You know, we are... We are change makers and we can do dramatic things in individuals' lives. And I, I want to say like you have a ripple, there's a ripple effect, you know, for you as a therapist yeah. listening, you know, you might have one person 
but then they're going to impact their family, you know, or you might be um, creating a training program, say like in your case, and then that's empowering other therapists and equipping people to help other people. So I just want to encourage all the therapists out there that we need, we need more therapists, you know, in, <laughs> in business and entrepreneurship and we need to band together. Maybe in politics too. Huh? To keep at it, you know, <laughs> and to advocate. Yes, right. absolutely advocate. I, if you can get involved in your state organization, you should, you should pay their dues. I'm telling you that right now. Um, I actually did advocate and I testified against one of the big insurers. Uh, it was about prior authorization and all the different things in politics that are, are hurdles, you know, for us to get right. done what we need. So don't think that it's someone else's problem because it's your problem, you know? And so I really <laughs> encourage like, therapists out there to keep on keep up with like current events and politics and what the payers are deciding and to push back cool cool thank you very much for this and thanks so much for being here it's so nice to kind of catch up and hear what you're up to lately it's it's been really cool yes i really enjoyed it thank you sturdy i'm i'm glad to be a part of your your network and i i wish everybody listening just all the best Thanks. Thanks, Jessica. And you can contact me too if you want to um, email me. You can talk, contact me through my website. It's steppingstoneslaw.com or my online website is playitforwardtherapy.net. Cool. And we'll make sure to list those as well in the description. But uh, awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Dirty. Thanks. Thank you for listening.